So hey, uh, this is Gordon Montgomery, your host of uh, Exovation, the um, podcast that promises to raise your consciousness. Uh, we have some ads in the podcast. Uh, these are guys that have stepped up to help keep the lights on at the Exovation podcast. So I'm really grateful for them. And I actually kind of like uh, the advertisers we have. So thank you so much for uh, listening to them and perhaps... Uh, uh, patronizing them uh, with your custom. Uh, so thanks very much. They're coming up and uh, welcome once again to Raising Human Consciousness. Uh, I love podcasting. Here we go. Exovation is experiential innovation, the approach for beginning to think in a wholly new way and develop new ways to experience life itself. This podcast is therefore all about raising human consciousness. Each episode, I, your host, Gordon Montgomery, build the conversation around a new, more philosophical and indeed spiritual path forward through the overlap of chaos and order for you, society and humanity at large. This path I'm calling Wave 21 and exists now within an exponentially more challenging agenda that's coming within the 21st century. This is your positive wake-up call. If you feel so inclined, please support us at patreon, p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash exovation. Thank you very much. So here we are, uh, episode five in our series um, on uh, the realms of human experience and raising our consciousness around that. Um, the, there are 10 episodes, so we're about halfway through here, um, and they form the acronym, those episodes, um, Helpers Can, which is healthcare, education, lifestyle choice. Politics, Earthlings, Religion, Sustainability, Cities, Abundance, and Nutrition. Uh, so we're on the Earthlings um, episode uh, of the podcast, number 5 out of 10. Um, those of you who've been following for a while uh, probably noticed uh, that there's a little time delay here. Um, you know, my last uh, podcast was around politics and then... Um, a lot started happening politically around the American uh, 2020 election. I got involved with Andrew Yang. I'm still a supporter of Andrew Yang at this point. Uh, who knows, he may actually be president uh, or something uh, by the time this gets. But anyway, I got involved in, in real life in that. So uh, those of you just listening along, uh, no time has passed. Those of you who've been following episode by episode, uh, and this is what we're calling season two, uh, which would be the last kind of mono podcast, just me talking, kind of my thoughts and kind of framing everything up. Um, then, uh, you know, there's a little gap since April. But anyway, so I kind of feel I need to kind of address that a little bit here at the start uh, in kind of halfway through the, the series uh, for season two um, is, um, you know, as I've, you know, been working on these um, podcasts, uh, I realize there's kind of a ritual to it, you know, like a lot of things in life, uh, that there's a kind of a system and uh, certainly I want the audio quality, you know, given, you know, how I'm doing things uh, to be, uh, you know, as, as best possible and so on and so forth. So um, anyway, that's just a little bit about um, where I am, you know, and, and what's going on. So, um, 
Yeah, so here we are. So yeah, if you, this is this the first episode you're ever tuning into, uh, I'd certainly recommend listening to other season one, season two. And by the way, there won't be a season three as such from uh, from the end of this little series. Uh, once we finish up the nutrition uh, episode, then uh, Helpers Cam will be complete, and those other pieces will be complete around coaching styles and so forth. And uh, we're going to be moving technically what would be season three and then onwards into the future will not no longer be called seasons and we'll just have numbered podcasts. And the plan is to actually have uh, folks on and not just be a mono podcast. So have uh, uh, kind of a uh, conversation uh, with others moving out of monologue and into dialogue. Um, <clears throat> so experiential innovation, uh, that is the, the system within which uh, we're working here. Uh, so that's something I've invented. Um, and uh, really what we're talking about is human experiential systems, how are we experiencing life and the system of life and, you know, what is the design for our well-being? Um, you know, um, out there in the world, you know, there are kind of two basic mindsets, you know, running things, either the growth mindset or the fixed mindset. Uh, Satya Nadella, who's uh, currently the CEO in 2019 uh, of Microsoft uh, organization, has uh, made some really terrific shifts and changes uh, along a kind of a human perspective uh, for the organization. And what he is focused there, that organization on, whether you love or loathe them, um, kind of a Google uh, fan myself, but uh, Microsoft done amazing things and been around, of course, since you know the 70s. So. Um, yeah, what Satya Nadella, what Nadella, CEO of Microsoft, has done is like focus the company on a growth versus a fixed mindset. And I'm very much aligned with that. Uh, primarily, you know, you know, in all of these episodes around helpers can, um, you know, this idea that the universe or energy and space externally all around us, the universe itself is expanding. So if you are fixed, you're actually going backwards relative to the natural state of things. So uh, just this idea of always growing and developing and certainly the realm that I'm in is sort of personal development, management, consulting, you know, supporting folks, you know, and really identifying, um, you know, the problem, spending a lot more time in the problem space and just having solutions emerge from there, you know, really creating the future out of the problem space, really getting clear, you know, um, whether we're in an eco or ego-driven uh, environment, ego meaning a hierarchical structure, somebody's at the top, others are at the bottom, most people at the bottom, very few at the top. And eco is more of um, this idea of um, you know territory versus hierarchy, and I think that really you know um, you know uh, is really worth remembering. Uh, a lot of these episodes, I always you know uh, uh, intend you know to kind of you know pull that pull that piece out that uh, in an ecosystem uh, it's more of a uh, more of a territory that we occupy and interact with each other and that we all do our own things individually just like in a natural ecosystem of trees and rabbits and rivers and whatever you have uh, that uh, everything is just kind of doing its own thing but it's also impacting everything else uh, in the system I think that's a lot of what we're seeing and of course now with technology coming in and something I'm calling wave 21 the wave of the 21st century we're on a spectrum of automation versus kind of augmentation at either end of the spectrum you know as technology comes in more and more and uh, advances 
you know, a lot of society, uh, then we can be automated away, um, you know, uh, and maybe, you know, maybe create new uh, things uh, for us to do and occupy ourselves as earthlings. Um, and there's also kind of, you know, that I, this idea that we will actually augment ourselves and evolve, you know, to another level. And I think reality, of course, is somewhere, you know, kind of in the middle of that, right? So we've got kind of chaos, order, control, right? So we've got massive control. We always want to move away from that because most of us don't want to be controlled. We love being in control. Um, but it's really <clears throat> more of a sense of order and uh, avoiding chaos. So a lot of what we do on this podcast is talking about, you know, putting order around the chaos, kind of framing that up from our own, you know, existential uh, point of view. And so really, you know, step one is starting to teach ourselves to dimensionally shift upwards, at least one level, kind of listen upwards to a kind of a higher voice or a higher version of ourselves and really end that external guidance and kind of hear our inner uh, guidance uh, that's always been within us, our soul guidance. Uh, and so, you know, that this idea that we can actually channel from a sort of a universal source, you know, who we are and what we're doing, especially as earthlings living on the planet Earth in 3D. Of course, having, you know, somewhat of a spiritual, mental and emotional as well as physical experience here as earthlings. So moving from a duality of, you know, you know, black and white, red and black, uh, red and blue, uh, male and female, um, you know, all of these kind of constructs we find all over the world in a duality of two parts and moving to a kind of more of a unity of a kind of a whole person, uh, whole, healed, holy, all the same et etymological uh, root uh, source uh, of wholeness that healing is really about returning to that whole uh, and perfect state that we really always have been, you know, inside of ourselves. So, and you know, ultimately, I think, you know, as kind of as a lead into this piece, uh, as we're talking about earthlings, um, really want to get practical. Like, what is the game plan, uh, you know, for winning? Like, how can we actually win, you know, uh, and get, you know, beyond just existing? Um, you know, what would that look like? Beyond just existing on earth. Like, we are earthlings, but that doesn't mean we're just blobs sitting on a rock spinning spiraling perhaps <laughs> through space <clears throat> so you know kind of getting in there uh into this episode content uh and now uh like to talk a little bit more about you know earthlings uh themselves so what do i mean by earthlings well of course earthlings are those living things on earth um but then it kind of gets into the question of you know sentience uh you know what is alive you know and certainly everything has energy in it to some extent some energy is very very still and slow like maybe a rock or a mineral uh or a tree uh you know animals have a certain another level of consciousness or sentient energy different animals have different levels of consciousness we could consider humans animals themselves and another kind of category of consciousness and as we mentioned earlier, you know, uh, technology itself now is starting to augment humans such that, uh, you know, we kind of call it artificial intelligence. Of course, it's not really intelligent in the way we are. You know, there's some human aspects uh, that are that are missing there, perhaps. So uh, just this idea of earthlings, really, from a definitive point of view, 
as being those things which we would consider, you know, having an uh, energetic sentience and being aware of the surroundings and maybe even controlling them in some sort of way. I think we'd all agree that, you know, the average cow or pig isn't out there, you know, kind of think, you know, or your dog or cat, maybe more appropriately, right, for most people. Um, no, no idea who's president or what country they're in or all of these things that, you know, pretty much everything or time necessarily, right? There's sort of maybe no, you know, with light and dark or whatever, but... Um, you know, there's really uh, very no kind of conscious planning or very much more present, shall we say. Uh, whereas humans, you know, tend to have this idea of time, of past and, and future and kind of creating and thinking about and worrying about often, you know, what we're, what's going on. So I would really say everything that's alive is an earthling. Uh, so uh, what would not be an earthling, uh, you know, is, is also a question which I'll come to, you know, here in a second. So... Um, when I think of earthlings, you know, what I think about is, you know, those that are participating, uh, those that are owning and those that are teaching, right? So there are earthlings that are participating in this life existing and being part of, I think we can all be, you know, any of those categories. Actually, there's an ownership aspect where we own our own lives. We own what's going on. Are, you know, are we owning other earthlings? You know, do we own our children? Do we own our our, our spouses do we own animals can we do whatever we want with them you know it's very interesting when you start getting into the philosophical moralistic <laughs> ethical areas and then teachers as well you know like you know what are we teaching just in our actions you know what are we teaching others we're teaching our kids obviously what are we teaching formally in the school and education system we talked about that um you know to a certain extent in an earlier episode of, of this series so participants, owners, and teachers, you know, which are you in, in various, you know, contexts of your life, measuring your consciousness around that. And really when, you know, we talk about consciousness, there's this idea of, uh, this is a generally accepted, you know, piece in the energy work and kind of sp more spiritually focused uh, work that's out there is that there are 12 dimensions, um, uh, broadly speaking, of course, there's as with anything, you know, uh, something like energy it really doesn't have dimensions to it. it has, you know, an ongoing, you know, continuum. Uh, but if you were to think about 12 dimensions, you know, the, the first dimension is Earth, right? 1D is like we're like on Earth. Like second dimension, we exist. It's existence, 3D reality, 4D space and time, 5D bliss, heaven on Earth. Um, um, for most people, you know, they actually uh, exit and die out of 4D, so to speak. Uh, at least their physical body passes away and they uh, go into heaven. And the 5D, 6D being the, the framework uh, for um, for that blissful existence. 7D being the framework for all possible frameworks. 8D, soul family. 9D, void space where anything is possible because nothingness is what you're focusing in on. Tenth, the manifestation, not that we go out and manifest things, but it's a space of manifestation where manifestation emerges, things manifest for us, you know, in alignment with that high, very high vibrational energy. And of course, you know, 10 out of 12 here are super high vibe, you know, folks like, um, you know, Jesus Christ or the Buddha or so forth, great ascended masters would be considered, broadly speaking, at least ninth dimensional and above. Uh, so a tenth manifestation, 11th free will choice, uh, and I'm borrowing these terms, you know, from a lot of different folks to kind of like align with what they're saying. So it kind of all plugs together for you. These aren't necessarily my words, but um, these are the words that I've found, you know, most powerful, most aligned. 
so 11th free will choice so you have a choice in in everything you're doing and then the highest sort of 12th dimension universal unity consciousness uh, where everything is all one energy and all one love and we can exist at all of these 12 dimensional levels at any time uh, we are multi-dimensional be beings mostly we live in this kind of earthling based on earth you know first second third dimensional you know kind of space uh, and really that energy is love you know that's that is what it is uh, you know are we living a life that we love here on earth do we love all other earthlings animals uh you know equally for example um and then there's this idea of non-earthlings you know this idea that perhaps some of us are from another uh, extra outside of terrestrial the earth ground land rock that we're living on uh, uh, uh source and so this idea that, you know, there's even been this idea of uh, the mitochondria in our cells uh, are perhaps, you know, non-human, you know, DNA or non-earthling DNA. Um, some of the microbiome that makes up a lot of our body um, is, uh, is potentially, you know, non-earthling not from earth uh we i've heard other uh folks talk about and again this is just conjecture but they've talked about i think octopus octopi octopuses uh <laughs> being a non-earthling uh kind of dna so um this is idea of like there are earthlings and non-earthlings uh really what i want to highlight is that you know all living things on earth are earthlings and and should be treated you know at least with that level of earthlingness um, as we would a human being, um, or at least an, an awareness, raising your consciousness about that, that we're all earthlings at different levels of consciousness, just as we can have different levels of consciousness across the 12 dimensions, the, there, are, there are dimensional levels for, for living things as well. Um, those of you who live with you know, cats and dogs certainly have a relationship there uh, that you may or may not have with a pig or a cow or a sheep. Uh, so just something to kind of think about on that, you know, level of, you know, um, the definition of earthlings. So, and this is this idea of kind of a human upload, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the, the piece that we're actually, you know, kind of putting, putting out into the world and that in the future, as we become more augmented, maybe our humanity, you know, will be, uh, uploaded into a, um, an augmented artificial intelligence network, uh, where ultimately, really, AI is much more about ML, right? Machine learning, where we're actually teaching uh, the machines what it is to be human and uh, uploading ourselves into that environment and, of course, downloading into other, quote-unquote, skin bags, uh, the idea of cyborgs, basically. Uh, I think that's highly likely for a uh, very small percentage of humanity, certainly those with the resources. Um, you know, so... You know what is what is going to be the the next evolution of the earthling you know uh to what extent will we, we you know a lot of animals have been dying off being killed off by humans uh climate change a lot of other uh things have actually impacted um you know living things here on earth so you know will the cyborg you know be the the mode of operation of the future where we're fully augmented you know beings uh, operating maybe uh, or maybe not on Earth, right? Is it does it even make sense to say Earthlings when we're not actually on the Earth? We may be uploaded fully, uh, in some extreme sense, you know, many years hence, you know, into a um, a kind of a network, and then downloaded into into kind of three D existence. In fact, from a spiritual perspective, one of the things that folks have written about is the idea that you know consciousness is uh, God, you know, the universal source spirit 
whatever you want to call it, uh, experiencing uh, life, experiencing itself. And so, um, you know, this idea that, you know, everything really is consciousness and being consciously aware and being human uh, is part of the spiritual or universal, you know, experience, uh, you know, through, through uh, all the dimensions into the kind of a 3D experience on, uh, of existence on Earth. Uh, so all 12 dimensions. So it's kind of this idea of, you know, what will be the use of an artist <laughs> in the future? You know, uh, one that's exploring, you know, the chaotic, you know, orderly chaotic uh, side of life. You know, although art can be seen as quite chaotic, it's also very controlled. So it's not always chaos. Um, you know, uh, sculptors sculpt and painters paint, right? Some people are multidimensional in that way too, but, you know, or singer or whatever. Uh, mostly, you know, there's a, an order to what they're doing. Very few, you know, uh, I don't know that Brad Pitt is also a sculptor, for example. You know, maybe he did get into sculpting and art uh, as another, you know, creative expression. So, you know, how do we creatively express? And, you know, if you think about the technology augmenting us further and further, even automating us away at the other end of the spectrum, then, you know, kind of what, what is it to be human? And, uh, you know, what is it to kind of kind of operate, you know, off into the future? So some of the thoughts I'd had, you know, on human characteristics, I just really want to kind of list here, you know, very quickly, you know, inside of this Earthlings, you know, podcast, uh, which also helps us, you know, think about, you know, do we see this in, in animals, you know, as well? And, um, you know, maybe even in plants, you know, because plants certainly are, you know, sentient in, in some sense, even those, those of us that are, you know, having plant-based diets or, or so forth. Hi, this podcast is supported by patreon.com forward slash exovation. The uh, anchor.fm forward slash exovation forward slash support site, uh, which actually helps me produce this podcast. And most simply, by you, the wonderful listener, all you need to do is actually just listen to the podcast, including the ad from whatever advertiser I have that particular episode. And uh, auto magically, Anchor will send a payment through to uh, keep the lights on here at the podcast and keep this podcast coming. Thank you so much. So just very interesting. So anyway, some some what I would call human uh, characteristics, obviously non-exclusive kind of list of, of ideas here. So judgment, wisdom, common sense, um, you know, the idea of uh, what they're doing in New Zealand and in, in France and, and so forth. And uh, I think in Iceland where, you know, they're looking at things beyond GDP to measure uh, how well a country is doing uh, with its people. Uh, happy, happiness, being happy, kind, generous, uh, having insights, intuition, magic, being compassionate, altruism, consciousness, intellectual well-being, uh, the idea of um, you know uh, having gratitude, aspiration, beauty, curiosity, um, love, joy, genius, passion, diversity, inner peace, creativity, equanimity, caring, a subtle sensitivity to invisible energy, self-observation, self-reflection, planning co-everything, cohort, communication, compassion, everything with co at the front, togetherness with others and connecting with the energy of others. Adaptation, 
and you know and with that everything that makes up evolution and the kind of maverick sense of the uh, kind of mutant mutations of genes uh, that actually give rise perhaps you know to the to what the AI of the future will be looking for uh, from humans that we actually bring the chaotic adaptation in the orderly structure that they're performing and thereby hopefully avoiding uh, linear control. Adaptation, uh, giving, tolerance, uh, forgiveness, mercy, tenderness, faith, hope, charity, and just, you know, socializing. So hopefully you can see that there are at least, you know, some aspects in there, right, which are, um, <clears throat> you know, possibly, you know, beyond just the human experience and maybe even into the kind of animal world. So, yeah, certainly kind of touching on this concept of veganism. Uh, I certainly came to veganism not because I sort of loved cuddly animals so much. For me, it was like, this just doesn't work. You know, what I'm putting in my body requires animals to die. You know, couldn't I get that without animals dying? I don't particularly want to do that. Uh, I certainly feel I could kill an animal if I needed to, um, but I don't need to, and so I can get my nutrition. And you know, I'm running you know very long distance races, uh, in ultra distance races on a vegan uh, based diet in my 50s. So, you know, to my mind, you know, veganism isn't this you know big term or like you know beedly beedly. I'm from planet Vega. I'm a vegan. Uh, it's really just this concept of, you know, um, you know, balancing out that energy with other earthlings, you know, would you eat your cat or dog? Absolutely not. Most people would say, but they'll happily eat, you know, a cow or pig or sheep or whatever else or chicken, uh, fish, you know, they're all, you know, sentient to some extent and, you know, have an energy in them at a level of consciousness that we actually have to process through our bodies, right? That, that energy is processed. Um, so whatever the energy is in there is the energy we're, we're ultimately breaking down and putting into our own body. Uh, plants being at a lower level of consciousness uh, is actually, you know, less that we're taking into our own system. And of course, it's all one cycle. So everyone's free to choose, you know, how they want to go about it. That's kind of how I approach things. And I guess more practically speaking as well, industrial uh, farming just you know to most people I think just seems absolutely abhorrent and a barbaric way you know um, that's how people get their meat you know what are they going to do that's the system so uh, well if more of us started you know not eating uh, industrial farmed uh, meat then you know maybe you know we could actually uh, see some really you know phenomenal you know global benefits but uh you know it's a tricky one right it's hard to switch away from you know that delicious sizzling flesh right uh but uh anyway so that's you know kind of the idea there with with earthlings but um you know the way i like to look at it is really we're all one human family and like all families there's different variations and you know different you know hierarchies and pieces and structures uh, i really try to look at everything from a soul perspective and you do have a soul family you do have a soul mission it's something that you know you were you chose from i believe pre-birth and this idea of family that earthlings form families and we're even seeing of course online you know you know a kind of a you know different animals helping each other out youth would think normally would attack each other and so it's not always you know animals are just out there to kill each other and don't really care for each other uh, there is that kind of compassion there as well and uh, there are folks that are not in your soul family right their mission their soul mission is different than yours and that's okay too, right? Just that, you know, uh, the Joneses and the, you know, the Robertsons or whoever uh, are different families. 
and are, are up to different things uh, here in this you know 3D existence. So, really, is this idea that you know um, there's been many isms that have you know started to divide us as we you know uh, advance as a as a human race as Earthlings here and there. So, like, you know, the history, uh, the geographic shifts and changes, the forming of tribes and races, all the different the different isms um, over time. You know, and even this idea that as I referred to earlier, you know, maybe kind of this reptilian race of the Nephilim, uh, you can Google that online, uh, the, the Nephilim are actually, you know, mentioned in the Christian Bible, uh, these kind of, you know, giant monster race, and uh, just very interesting, you know, that that would, would appear there, so to what extent, you know, are we really, you know, earthlings, and maybe from, you know, other, other systems, uh, so really, you know, the idea is, you know, kind of breaking into, you know, this new information and really, you know, starting to understand uh, who we are as Earthlings, as, as really one entity, if you will, um, living on Earth, uh, living, you know, in, in this habitat and what habitat are we in, how are we, are we living, how are we existing, that we are Earthlings and um, shouldn't we just care for all other Earthlings, like um, even if there are soul families within that uh, with separate soul missions, because all of those missions work together in one universal soul. So to my mind, a lot of how we're you know, evolving is a hybridization and blending over and over and over with our environment. Of course, if that environment is, is poisoned, and destroyed in some sort of way, then we're going to either have to adjust, which we may not have a lot of time to do rapidly, uh, or, you know, uh, no longer be part of, you know, of, of this existence. So there's this idea of, uh, you know, AI and animals and aliens and so forth. Um, a, great, a great thing actually just really look at is, you know, there's, the, there's various movies now that really start looking at kind of veganism and, you know, eating animals and plants for humans. And kind of which to kind of go for. Um, there's a movie called Earthlings, which I which I highly recommend. It was uh, a big turning point for me. Of course, there's you know the Game Changers movie. Um, there's Forks Over Knives. A lot of the kind of more focus on the veganism. Um, but you know, ultimately, I come back to the golden rule. You know that uh, you see pretty much in every you know human religion. You know on Earth, which is um, do unto others that which you. Uh, would have done onto yourself. Uh, so treat other people like you would like to be treated, basically, and behave in that way. And uh, I think, you know, uh, that's something I learned in Sunday school and, you know, even the, the times when I was up in the pulpit kind of leading church services at 15. And, you know, that golden rule has always been a, you know, a great guide to me. And I've learned, you know, to kind of work with that better and better. So I also succeed and I win at the game of life uh, at the same time as, uh, you know, supporting others. Um, and we're really here on one single soul mission you know a lot of the work is like what is my mission like what is it that i'm up to as an earthling you know to help the overall you know global earthling species <clears throat> um and kind of fitting into that matrix of network humans uh kind of have animals and plants in the sun you know i would rather eat plants because they're just closer to the sun so i'm really we're getting our energy from the sun through the plants, uh, why go another step and have it be processed through animals to us? Uh, certainly, people are, are you know um, more than uh, you know free to do that. How I look at things ultimately is really as a as a kind of a user experience of of this earth as Earthlings and. Um, you have a lot of data now, a lot of information, knowledge held by different people, but really, you know, we're kind of wisdom poor, data rich and wisdom poor. And so a lot of, you know, how I look at things is that this kind of UX, this user experience, 
you know, and uh, how we can maybe move into, you know, more of a global mind. Uh, some of the hermetic principles talk about this. Um, and uh, there's a, another a great book reference, the Kybalion, K-Y-B-A-L-I-O-N, uh, K-Y-B-A-L-I-O-N, Kybalion, or Kybalion, probably mispronouncing that, but uh, this idea that uh, there are, you know, very ancient principles that have been around. Uh, one of the key ones is uh, as above, so below. And that uh, really we're operating in an energetic consciousness here as earthlings. And um, everything is that consciousness. Everything, if you think about it, I mean, you know, it's been scientifically proven that everything is energy at a certain levels of vibration. Uh, especially people like uh, Nikola Tesla spoke a lot about that. So, you know, what are those, you know, best systems? You know, um, really, is it all about processing power and meritocracy and fitness of purpose? It's very interesting. Um, there's a group of people that have been identified uh, or called indigo children or just indigos, uh, kind of after the, the color, uh, as part of a kind of a color scheme energetically. Um, so this idea of indigo, very kind of dark blue, basically, uh, as a group of people coming through now evolutionarily um, and exponentially who are, um, who are indigos uh, identified as coming through in that energy uh, light wave. And those people are system busters and system builders. And um, really, if you think about it, um, you can sort of tell that with people. You walk into a room, you can kind of tell who people are and what they're up to, but there's a certain group that have come through now that are, you know, uh, teachers uh, for us and, you know, coming through in waves or different vibrations, higher sensitivities and ways we can pick up on this, this idea of being empathic, being an empath, being led by your heart, maybe having your heart, you know, suppressed uh, for many, many years uh, and, uh, you know, picking up the external system. Now we can actually kind of go, you know, internal, especially at a time when humans are just, reproducing more machines like that our purpose is is almost become to to reproduce the machines right and so you know where does the human element then that kind of list that i talked about where do those concepts fit in you know as earthlings you know are are we reaching a point and i would say yes uh, where we're gonna have to choose between automation and augmentation like which direction you know are we going in uh, of course, there is a global energetic intelligence at work in all of this, right? There's obviously a design, if you look at anything, uh, that, um, you know, dimensionality, you know, there is a kind of a darkness and a light, you know, we can detect in everything, and darkness just being the absence of light. So there really is only one thing, light, source, soul, love, energy, all the same thing, and then the absence of that. Um, and so a lot of the work that I end up doing is kind of, standing in the darkness with folks, you know, being okay with being in the darkness with a fellow earthling on a similar, if not same soul mission. Uh, we all have separate soul missions, but inside of a soul family. And this is kind of the ninth through the 12th dimensional area where we actually go into that void. Happens to a lot of folks, you know, we call it midlife crisis. It's really a terrible way to look at it. There's no such thing as people having midlife crises. What's actually happening is the global system doesn't have anything for us. So it becomes a crisis, uh, you know, you know, first first decade is you know family second decade kind of education third decade work fourth decade you know creating your own family and you know becoming part of society that was kind of like basically the first 40 years and then lo and behold you know folks are you know, having issues at, at that kind of point of like kind of what next 
And uh, what's next is, you know, to kind of go into our heart, go into our soul, go into the center of who we really are and living from a higher, best version of ourselves. Because guess what, folks? It doesn't come, you know, some in your 50s or 60s or 70s or 80s and when you disappear off the planet. I plan to live to 120, but still most people are kind of disappearing in their 80s or 90s. And, uh, you know, when do you ever learn or do you ever get the wisdom, you know, to kind of uh, stand in that darkness, in that void and create from there? Because the beautiful thing about the nothingness is that anything you create even a small one grain of rice that you created in that void is everything because if there's if you're in an absolute nothingness and everything there is no thing there then even one grain of rice becomes everything so well, how's that useful for a human well if you're able to be, get yourself to such a detoxified space and focus on just the nothingness and be okay with that then you're in a supreme creation uh, spot. If you think about the Christian Bible, you know, um, I think the line is, God said, let there be light, and there was light, right? So that's really the manifestation from ninth to 10th. And then if we have free will choice created within that, you know, to kind of choose, you know, how we connect with soul and source. Um, so, uh, <clears throat> The earth really is a place to learn that, you know, we're, we're learning our purpose. And the faster we do that, of course, I recommend getting a coach. I have had many coaches myself over the years, and I always produce, you know, bigger, better, faster results, you know, when I'm working with the coach. Nobody needs a coach. Uh, it's just, you know, in 3D, we probably have, you know, less than 200 years of life, right? Most people probably maybe less than 100, less than 80 even. Uh, so, you know, while we're here and learning and developing and growing, you know, it, uh, I would say, you know, to make the best use of our time, it's like, let's accelerate that. Let's, you know, go in line with the exponential shifts of consciousness and the universe and how technology, everything is advancing around us and get above that wave so we can actually ride the wave 21, the wave of the 21st century, rather than by being, uh, you know, basically crushed by that wave. So what I believe, you know, we're really moving towards is kind of this evolved networked complexity, right? Kind of think of the internet, the internetworks of networks. Uh, and that really is our, our evolution, right? And then just to be wise about that and how we work with that, you know, whether the future is technological or not is really, you know, kind of beside the point. Uh, because guess what? Mother Earth, Gaia, she's fine. <laughs> she could flick us off in a nanosecond with, you know, any number of disasters. And that, of course, we will see. We'll see flooding and we'll see, you know, other disasters, uh, you know, maybe, um, what do you call that? Yellowstone, you know, that kind of caldera, that whole, you know, volcano will erupt. I mean, who knows? I mean, hopefully nothing terrible like that will happen, um, you know. Uh, and then on the flip side of things, at a personal level, maybe we are partially becoming cyborgs already. You know, we're already integrating and augmenting ourselves, you know, with our phones and so forth. And more and more things integrated into us. So, you know, what are the roles in society going to be? We mentioned artists and, you know, uh, folks that are more creatively aligned. I think we're going to need more and more shamans. You know, those, and again, another word that's been made so negative. Um, you know, and just as a, as a kind of a side note to this kind of paganism or having multiple gods or even the word sin, you know, all these things, I mean, sin, by the way, actually used to mean a uh, target. So if you're sinning, um, you know, you were kind of, you were missing uh, the target, you know, like the designated system that was given to you, you were not in alignment with the system. So the ancient priesthoods that were controlling folks and, you know, had, uh, 
had games between the best warriors and then killed off, you know, the, I think the Aztecs were doing this, they killed off the winners so that they wouldn't be as strong and kind of, you know, upset the uh, rules of the day, right? So sinning in and of itself, you know, has a, an origin uh, of not aligning with the system, you know, and really, you know, folks today talk about, you know, life begins outside of your comfort zone, outside of the structure, outside of the organization, outside of everything that you've been given. And that's scary. And I think that's one of the really great, you know, reasons to actually have a coach. You don't need a coach, but uh, I think, you know, that's somebody who can actually help you navigate and uh, design and play way, uh, games that you can win. Uh, you know, I think that's a, you know, a, a pretty smart way to approach life. So I think, you know, other roles, you know, like the shaman, um, you know, much maligned came from kind of the Siberia area of the world. Most people think of South America and so forth. This idea of, you know, medicine from plants, not necessarily drugs, but, you know, there are many, very many past evolutionary leaps that we tied back to, to folks operating from a plant-based world and really understanding, you know, the planet Earth. I uh, really recommend in this area... Um, some folks that I got to know uh, quite well with uh, Le Ciel Foundation, the, it's French for the sky, Le Ciel Foundation, and they created a movie called uh, The Twelve. And they brought together 12 uh, ancient uh, leaders who were earthlings, humans like us, and uh, but also shamans and connected, you know, to kind of create, uh, you know, many plant-based um, uh, knowledge and wisdom in particular and really integrating that back you know into society I think that's you know going to be very important and people like Terence McKenna talked about this with mushrooms psilocybin and LSD and you know I don't think it's really necessary these days uh, given the the, the uh, speed at which energy and um, is uh, accelerating around us that we really need you know to, to have um, access to these external things in order to uh, you know bring forth this emergence in those that are uh, those that have eyes, let them see, you know, again, another uh, kind of Christian reference, but um, it's really opening all of your eyes, including your inner eye that doesn't necessarily require the brute force trauma of ayahuasca or any of these other, you know, approaches. Not against those necessarily. Uh, I just don't think they're um, needed. Uh, we can actually access through meditation and other frameworks. Uh, we can actually access, you know, what, what is going on. So really, you know, what does that then mean at the world level? So who runs the world and how, you know, this idea of a switch to maybe talentism, what are our creative talents, you know, and away from capitalism, you know, um, futurism, kind of a made up term, but like, you know, we're seeing the future being, you know, it's been, it's pretty obvious as it leaves messages. And what's your message? What are you, what's the message you're putting out there? Who can you connect with? Uh, how do we actually invent the world around us? Because that's now actually, you know, possible. Uh, are humans going to be uh, on Earth, uh, be Earthlings, uh, or off Earth? You know, we're going to live elsewhere, or maybe inner Earth. There's this idea of, I think it's called Agartha. There's actually an entire group of humans who live uh, underneath the Earth, and kind of uh, there's various access points to this kind of quote-unquote underworld. Um, of humans and non-humans working together inside of the a hollow earth and um, uh, there's a lot of speculation about uh, Antarctica again you know just conspiracy theories I guess but um, you know do we really know you know what's going on there why do so many world leaders visit Antarctica um, you know just just interesting you know something to think about uh, in terms of what's next for earthlings and um, 
you know, if we're doing unto others and we consider others to be all earthlings, including animals, then, um, you know, and everybody, you know, even people we strongly disagree with, maybe in other cultures or countries, um, then, you know, what's next for earthlings, you know, and how do we, how do we wake up? And, you know, if you wake up, you, you know, you're just normal, the normal sense of that, you're more alert, you're more conscious, you know, you're spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically more aware of what's going on, more sensitive and able to manage that sensitivity, be able to map all of the 12, you know, dimensional levels. So really, there's work to do, right? And what is that work to do? Well, it's to do the inner work, the inside work, and stop having our life being dualistically driven by the outside world that we have to fit into, but like getting in touch with our own soul mission and, uh, you know, finding out what that is, getting a mantra or some sort of matrix or life plan and designing a game that we can win, a game plan to win in all areas of your life. Because really, you know, we're kind of hitting this kind of knee or hockey stick in the curve of human evolution. It's exponential now. We thought we were on this linear path of uh, where we're going. But really, um, you know, our genealogy, our haplogroups, the migration around the planet, uh, this idea of like, you know, the fifth and sixth extinction events of humanity. You know, we're getting to a global level where we're really having, you know, an impact uh, on the entire planet as one set of earthlings. And... Um, and earthlings really are here in 3D. This is what this episode is all about. You know, human beings as energy transducers. Right? We really, energy is really moving through us. And, you know, of course, you know, everything around excavation and the system that I've devised and pulled together from many different sources. And I'm grateful to everyone who's come before me and kind of, you know, helping me see things differently. Uh, my tagline on all this is people are the next big thing. You know, where have we actually done work for people? I'm talking about, you know, the isms. I'm talking about human beings being able to go to work on themselves and be supported by the systems coming up underneath them rather than have to fit up into a hierarchical system above them. You know, moving into your own territory, your own game, your own plan. And having that connect at a soul level to others that are doing the same thing for the planet as a whole. I believe this is where we're moving anyway. And the sooner more people, you know, get involved in that. I've been kind of developing this long, long-term concept of a kind of a global uh, council of elders. About 9,000 folks, which uh, the number 9,000, if you're interested, it came from the Maharishi number. The square root of 1% of any community who has its consciousness raised will raise the consciousness of that entire community. So at uh, 8.1 billion earthlings which we're coming up on uh that number reduces down to nine thousand so if that community of nine thousand elders raised their level of consciousness then the mathematical principle would suggest that that entire and this has been proven you know in very different scales but this has been proven already that nine thousand folks would be at uh operating at a consistent higher level of consciousness even one level above where where most other earthlings are um that number nine thousand would be sufficient to raise the consciousness of the entire planet and then we can actually start accessing 5d which is the integration into you know heaven on earth and living the blissful life that we love thank you very much guys Oh, and two other quick things. Uh, if you're on iTunes, if you could uh, give me some stars and a comment, I hear that that helps uh, spread the word about the podcast. And uh, I think if you're on anchor.fm, 
uh, that you can uh, favorite me and uh, it tells me that you can leave a voice message for requests for podcasts or comments and stuff like that so any interaction like that would be great and finally you can find me at gmeta g-m-e-t-a at g-m-e-t-a on twitter for uh keeping up to date with what i'm thinking about uh i'll be building a new twitter account pretty soon too so that's it for now bye